Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. They do great work, and you can find out more and give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have a terrific, terrific show for today including guests Kathleen Pasadomo, our state senator. We'll find out what's new with Boo, Boo Mortensen, right here on the Paradise Coast. Seton Motley is the founder and president of Less Government. And Linda Harden will be joining us as well. It is March the 22nd, and on this day in 1934, the first Masters Golf uh, Championship tees off in Augusta, Georgia. The Augusta National Golf Club presented uh, difficulties for many of the golfers, but Emmett French... Jimmy Hines and Horton Smith finished under par and shared the lead after shooting 70, 200 par in the first of four rounds. Smith would go on to win the tournament, finishing four under par. Uh, Craig Wood was minus three, Paul Runyon minus two, and Billy Burke minus two were the only other golfers to finish under par. Smith was a big fan of the course, telling the press that there's nothing monotonous about this course and it's one of the most beautiful I've ever played. Each one of the holes presents something new, he said. He go on with, to win the 1936 Masters as well, cementing his Hall of Fame golf career. While Smith's performance at the Masters was impressive, much of the coverage was focused on Bobby Jones, the man who founded and helped design golf's most famous course. Four years earlier, Jones had reached golf's apex when he became the first to achieve a grand slam by winning all four major tournaments in the same year. The British Open, U.S. Open, the British and U.S. Amateur Championships. He won 13 major championships from 1923 to 30. Despite his historic accomplishments, Jones struggled in his inaugural round at the Masters, especially on the greens. He putted 36 times, including three three-putts on his way to 76. Although he improved upon that first round with subsequent rounds, he finished tied for 13th. Ten shots behind uh, Smith. And, of course, the Masters is coming. I believe it starts on April the 7th this year, if I'm not mistaken. Looking forward to it. It's always a challenge. with very difficult golf course and always a wonderful time for golfers. Well, Florida, uh, Florida's Governor Ron DeSantis and outgoing Education Commissioner Richard Corcoran toured the state money to promote initiatives they say will help recruit and retain teachers. Monday afternoon, DeSantis addressed reporters from the front of the colorful classroom at Fleming Island Elementary School in Orange Park to announce he would approve a line to the state's new budget that allocates $800 million to increasing teacher salaries. He and Corcoran uh, announced, hosted a similar press conference earlier in the day at a charter school in Wellington, uh, repeating almost most of the talking points. They referred to the trip as Corcoran's farewell tour. The governor said that while the full state budget a record $112 billion hasn't been signed or sorted completely. The provisions for education will be approved. According to the uh, country, schools are uh, facing critical teacher shortages with educators leaving the field, citing low pay, burnout, and health concerns. DeSantis says increasing pay will help address retention. He added that the funding increases will po were possible because of revenue the state brought in at as Florida stayed open while most other states were shut down. So true. Uh, by the way, Corcoran did a great job. He's, uh, if this is his farewell tour, it's too bad. He, uh, he was a great commissioner of education. Got a lot done, and education, public education improved a lot under his watch. Democrat uh, Representative Charlie Crist, who is vying to challenge Florida Governor Ron DeSantis in this year's midterm election, has accused the governor, who is focused on championing personal freedom and parental rights, as MAGA-trolling. I'm not kidding. <laughs> he really said that he's, he's calling Governor DeSantis a MAGA-troller. Uh, we need to ma uh, make an example out of Ron DeSantis, he Chris said. If you put MAGA-trolling over the interests of your constituents, you will lose. <laughs> I can't believe it. While Chris did not go on into what specifically he considers to be MAGA-trolling, 
DeSantis has uh, spent the better part of the last two years fighting intrusive coronavirus mandates, including forced masking on children and forced vaccines on employees, as well as championing parental rights. Marking the end of the legislative session, DeSantis deemed it the year of the parent in, a, in the Sunshine State, something Chris apparently considers to be MAGA trolling. Perhaps he'll elaborate if he manages to win the Democrat primary to run against DeSantis. A February poll, by the way, from the University of North uh, Florida, found DeSantis crushing both of his principal uh, potential challenges by at least 21 percentage points. So, uh, Chris, I guess any press is good press, I guess, for Charlie Chris. So he's uh, going with this MAGA trolling. We'll see how that all works out during the campaign. I can't believe MAGA trolling. Well, U.S. economic activity expanded at a slower rate in February. January's expansion was slower than reported earlier. That from the Federal Reserve, uh, the Chicago Fed National Activity Index fell by 0.51% in January, and February's reading was revised downward. The Chicago's Fed reading of the economy is comprised of 85 economic indicators from four broad categories, uh, employment, uh, personal consumption and housing, sales and orders and inventories. Consistent with a very tight labor market, the employment indicators contributed the most to the index. The Department of Labor said the payrolls grew by 678,000 in February and unemployment fell to 3.8%. The personal consumption and housing category turned negative in February, subtracting 0.04 points from the index. There's no question we're starting to see a downturn in consumption People are starting to uh, take a look at their wallets and try to f- refigure their budgets right now as uh, inflation takes hold of the situation. Uh, unemployment is low, but uh, we're running into a period where we're going to see a lower productivity. I'm afraid it's going to end up in stagflation, which is uh, a, lower, a reduced economic activity and higher uh, costs, stagflation. While many are focusing on college sports and the NCAA for allowing a transgender swimmer born male to dominate women's college swimming this uh, season, a large portion of the blame must be placed on Joe Biden's at his feet, Joe Biden's feet. In one of Biden's day one moves when he entered the White House, he issued an executive order entitled Executive Order on Preventing and Combating Discrimination on the Basis of Gender Identity or Sexual Orientation. The order was made to prohibit discrimination on the basis of gender identity, Biden exclaimed. The order went on to direct the heads of federal agencies to ensure that the rules recognize gender identity as an inviolable right, even though the order ends by laying cover for Biden and saying the order does not create any rights or benefit. The order necessarily concerns the Department of Education, which has direct oversight over America's colleges and universities and the sports organizations, such as the NCAA, that governs college sports. The order directs uh, groups like the NCAA to make sure that gender identity is sacrosanct and that transgender athletes can compete in any category they choose despite their biological sex, protest to their competition, and what it does to their sport. Granted, it's likely that these far-left organizations were all too happy to jump on Biden's directive and fulfill his wishes of gender identity. However, it's still notable they haven't made these decisions until Biden issued his January 20th, 2021 order. The NCAA did not have to make the ruling it made, but likely did it with Joe Biden's executive order spurring the decision. What a shame. That's obvious this guy not a girl, it's not a female, uh, is winning right now these championships, these swimming championships, uh, because he's a guy, because he's a male. It's, it really, it's, it's foolish, and this should be overturned. I hope it will be. It is in many states right now where governors are taking a look at this. President Joe Biden's nationwide approval rating has plummeted to new low at 36%, impacting races down ballot in battleground states. This is according to a civics poll reveal. While 55% disapproved of Biden's performance, independents are dragging down the president's poll numbers. Among independents, only 24% approve of Biden. 66% of independents disapprove. The lack of support among independents for Biden is impacting battleground states where Republicans hope to defeat Democrats in November. In Georgia, a state where Donald Trump narrowly lost to Biden in 2020 by less than half a percentage point after all the cheating was (laughs) 
done is poor polling poorly for the president. Only 32% of Georgians approve of Biden. 58% disapprove. Biden's approval rating in Georgia may greatly impact the race for governor. Radical Democrat candidate Stacey Abrams will likely be dragged down in her race against Governor Brian Kemp or former Senator David Perdue. Senator Raphael Warnock, the Reverend, the right Reverend Warnock, will also have a tough time contending with Republican challenger Herschel Walker amid the president's sagging approval numbers. In Arizona, where Trump lost by 10,457 votes after all the dust settled, Biden's approval rating is just 35 percent, 58 percent disapprove. Biden's approval uh, polling will likely impact Senator Mark Kelly's re-election bid against likely Republican Blake Masters. Nevada's had a low approval rating for Biden, just 35 percent approve of Biden, while 58 percent disapprove. Senator Catherine Cortez Masto will have a tough time defending her seat against likely Republican and Trump-endorsed challenger Alan Laxalt with Biden's approval numbers so low. Biden's approval rating in Michigan is also terrible. Only 35% approve of Biden in the state, with 57% disapproving. The key race that may be impacted most in Michigan is the gubernatorial race. Governor Gretchen Whitmer is looking to defend her uh, herself against Republican challenges, including frontrunner James Craig, who is a strong supporter of the uh, trucker convoys. I think James is also, isn't he, the former uh, sheriff in Detroit, I believe, or police uh, sergeant in Detroit. Uh, Pennsylvania voters have given uh, Biden poor marks, just 35% approve, 57% disapprove. A number of highly contested seats may be impacted by Biden's low approval rating in Pennsylvania. The gubernatorial race is an open seat with Governor Tom Wolf. He's term limited in the Senate. Uh, Republicans look to retain an open seat with likely Republican candidate David McCormick leading the polls against uh, Mehmet Oz. Oz. The poll sample is of 179,000 respondents, so that's a, it's a big poll. And I think that's just the tip of the iceberg. These are the uh, states, the uh, contested states, but it, I think that's probably the case in most states across the country that Biden is going to be pulling down uh, down-ballot candidates uh, for the election coming up in the midterms. Well, Russia's invasion of Ukraine has thrown the global energy market into a state of turmoil, forcing the United States and Europe to look for substitutes for Russian oil. In the process, the Biden administration has turned to Iran as a potential supplier just two months after effectively killing the Israeli pipeline project that would have supplied natural gas to Europe. The administration's decision to engage Iran, a decades-long adversary of the U.S., now supplying energy while opposing a client ally's energy project, is feeding concerns among experts he's rewarding foes and punishing friends in the Middle East. That's certainly the case. So in other words, he's going to make a deal with Iran. He's going to start buying Iranian oil. He's going to forgive the Iranian guard, uh, take them off the t uh, terrorist list. He's going to give back the money the United States was holding from sanctions. This is just amazing. This guy, is, yeah, I, he doesn't know what he's, I like to think he doesn't know what he's doing because otherwise it's just pure evil, unfortunate. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you'll visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also, Life in Naples magazine, be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, we're going to visit with Kathleen Pasadomo, our state senator. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. <laughs> Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lula Bee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. 
Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m., seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. Everyone, every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CollierSeniorCenter.org. That's CollierSeniorCenter.org. Or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252-4541. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. I just got to notice that the uh, Collier Senior Center, Golden Gate, uh, received a nice award, a nice grant from the Naples Women Club, Women's Club uh, for to help out uh, seniors with a number of things, including utility shutoff notices and, and more. So just really nice for the uh, Naples Women's Club to make that fine donation. Support the great uh, uh, the Collier Senior Center. Just doing a, a great job. Coming up, going to visit with uh, Boo Mortensen. Right now, we have with us our state senator, Kathleen Pasadomo. Kathleen, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. Good morning, Kathleen. Oh, oh the budget has passed. Uh, the uh, session is over. I guess one kind of uh, outlying piece of business that hasn't been resolved is the whole issue about the congressional maps. Could you give? Where, where do we stand with that right now? It's been uh, a challenge um, for uh, for the last month or so. Uh, the uh, Senate passed a congressional map uh, early in session, uh, and then the House uh, started to work on their own congressional map. And, and bear in mind that both the, uh, the Senate maps and the House maps themselves for redistricting uh, were passed uh, and approved by the courts, so they're fine, so that's not going to affect any of those elections. But with regard to the congressional map, uh, at the same time as the House was considering maps, the governor uh, presented a map uh, and sort of threw that in the mix. So then we have a scenario where the House um, passed the map, uh, but the governor was concerned about whether or not he felt that it was not constitutional. Uh, when the House and the Senate met um, to finalize the congressional map, we, we, we uh, passed a, sort of a version of the House map uh, and the governor has indicated that he believes, and, and that's the only map that he can weigh in on. The House map, the Senate map, or uh, the governor does not weigh in on. So the congressional map, he was concerned about. He said he's going to veto it. And uh, so if he does that, then it kind of leaves um, all the congressional candidates in limbo. A couple of things could happen. Um, if he vetoes it and we don't come back in and redo it, uh, then the courts will draw it. And, of course, all that takes time, and, and with the qualifying coming up in June, um, you, you know, <laughs> the congressional candidates are, are they're not really sure where they're running because the maps are going to change dramatically based upon the newest seat that we have. So um, I think, you know, there's, there's likely conversations uh, 
with the governor's office on what we should do and what the process is going to be. Um, I, of course, am not involved in any of that because in my role as incoming Senate president, I don't uh, want to take or should take any role in that drawing. Yeah. So I, I think it's one of those stay tuned. Um, I think uh, whatever happens, it'll probably be something, uh, a combination of the various ideas of the House and the Senate and the governor and would have to go through the process of being vetted, uh, you know, back in, in the uh, two chambers. And, of course, that means we have to come in for a special session, uh, unless, of course, we don't do anything and then the court draws them out. Yeah. So uh, do you know what the issue is or what the governor has taken issue with with regard to the maps that were submitted? Well, um, he, in his position, and, and I understand what he, where he's coming from, um, is that the... Um, well, first of all, the maps that we drew were based upon the maps that the Supreme Court had approved, uh, you know, after the leg- after the uh, litigation in the last go-around. Um, the governor believes that the, the Supreme Court, when they drew those maps, uh, drew them basically uh, they were unconstitutional. It's his position that they did not follow the Constitution and. Uh, and he challenges the Fair District Amendment and, and, and the like and indicated that he felt that some of those districts were drawn almost gerrymandered by the courts themselves. Uh, whether that's true or not, it'll be a, um, a source of some litigation. Now, were the, were so, the, uh, were the, uh, was the court, uh, the, uh, court uh, the Supreme Court, before uh, the DeSantis appointments? That- oh, yeah. I mean, this, was, this goes back uh, 10 years Okay, so now. so it's it's a, it's likely that uh, he may get a, a favorable ruling this this time. I you know I don't know. Uh, I think he believes he believes he should. Uh, you know, if you do look at the districts, particularly in North Florida, that the current congressional districts uh, drawn by the court, they are kind of uh, 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 they're not as com- compact as as he would like. I think. Yeah. Um, on the other hand, you know, the court would then have to reverse itself, if you would. Yeah. Um, we were a little concerned by the maps that were drawn by the court. Uh, they basically took the maps the League of Women voters drew and, and turned them into the congressional district. Huh. Um, I, you know, it, it's a tough call. And so um, I think our, our committee, if the governor calls us back into session, then the House and the Senate redistricting committees are going to have to meet and consider uh, alternatives. You know, there's no one perfect map. I mean, there could be uh, all different variations. We just have to make sure we follow the law, follow the Constitution. Um, That's not to say that one map is better than the other if they all follow the law and the Constitution. Yeah. Um, So, I, I, you know, it's, one of those things people don't really focus in on, particularly um, uh, the, the congressional districts, because, you know, in fact, a lot of people don't even know who their Congress people are. It's true. But, you so, know, the, the, this, uh, as I understand it, I would imagine that Val Deming's district right now is under consideration. She's largely black, but it's gerrymandered in order to uh, make sure that she gets a winning seat there. So, um, I mean, I think there is reason to take a look at the maps. I think it's, it's probably a pretty good decision that uh, DeSantis is making going forward. Uh, what, one yeah, po- I mean, he, he feels very strongly about it. And, uh, you know, out of respect for his opinion uh you know we obviously will uh, look at it um you know and it depends on on the the if he calls us into session and then we then we would call back in the uh the, the committees, the redistricting committees, to consider alternatives. Uh, so interesting. A uh, little shout out to uh, Commissioner Corcoran. Uh, the the uh, governor's making a, a, tri- a farewell tour with the commissioner around the state. It just announced mm-hmm. an uh, eight hundred million dollar. I think it is. Uh, I think it was eight hundred million dollar fund to uh, uh, for teachers raises. But anyhow, I thought it was just a nice occasion. I think. Commissioner Corcoran's done a really nice job in the role that he's played as our education commissioner. I just thought it would be interested in your comments. Yeah, he uh, he's you know he served as uh, speaker of the house. Um, I I did not serve under him as speaker, but I did serve with him in the house. And you know he was he was always focused on education. 
uh, very important to him, and the the role as education commissioner was a good fit for him. Uh, but like everything, you know, there's a time, and he decided to leave. And, and you know, he's a lawyer as well, so I, I believe he's going to go back into the practice of law. Yeah. Um, you know, he's young enough to uh, kind of do his own thing at this point. Yeah. Um, you know, he, the you know, the teacher's salary issue was a big deal. Um, you know, it's funny, I was reading in the paper yesterday articles about, you know, the budget we passed. And it, and it was frustrating me because we, we have been giving increased raises, increased dollars to education every year. And this was the biggest bump yet. And then the, the press have to say, yeah, but if they've been doing it for the last 20 years, <laughs> so much and it's like, you can't win ever. Damned if you do, damned if you don't. It's unbelievable. Again, Kathleen yeah, Passabomo. Our, our uh, yeah. state senator, and oh, by the way, just uh, but also our the uh, Senate president in the next uh, legislative session, provided uh, we hold the Senate, which I believe That's we right. will. So, Kathleen, I just genuinely appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, and have a great day. You as well. Thank you, Kathleen. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Boo Mortz, and it's time to find out what's new with Boo. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the uh, Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for. Play a different commercial break here. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you suffer with chronic pain and discomfort? After back surgery, I had painful tendons and muscles and difficulty standing upright. On a referral, I visited Dr. Alec at I Am Designed to Heal, Naples Only Vitality and Longevity Practice, where acupuncture, medical massage, energy healing, and integrative holistic medicine are harmonized to create a -a one-of-a-kind restorative experience. After only two visits, my pain began to dissipate and I could stand and walk more upright. It was amazing. I plan to continue my treatments to enhance my sense of well-being. Don't suffer needlessly with discomfort and pain. Improve your quality of life. See for yourself and make an appointment by visiting the website IamDesignedToHeal.com. That's IamDesignedToHeal.com or you can call or text Dr. Alec at 239-322-3817. That's 322-3817. Visit IamDesignedToHeal.com for an amazing, one-of-a-kind, restorative experience. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host... Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Choice Social. Choice Social is a refreshing new social networking platform, and you can find out more and download the app by visiting the website choicesocial.us. Coming up, we're going to visit with Seton Motley. Right now we have with us Boo Mortensen. It's time to find out what's new with Boo. Boo, how are you doing today? Well, I'm doing well. And, you know, everybody in Florida is happy to be in Florida. We have wonderful weather. We have great politics, great governor, at least we think so. But if you go to the world, uh, who are the happiest nations? Uh, And I will tell you, it's interesting. They're all Nordic in that they this is these are the measures that they use. Uh, Healthy life expectancy. GDP per capita, social support in times of trouble, low corruption, and high social trust. Okay, we don't 
qualify for a lot of those in the United States, but the world's happiest are, they're all new. Let me, let me get, uh, is Liechtenstein on the list? No. (laughs) Liechtenstein, geez. (laughs) That's a little peanut of a country, but they should be one of the happier. Uh, Luxembourg's on it. Yeah. Luxembourg. So the first one is Finland. Hmm. Denmark, mm-hmm. Iceland, Switzerland, Netherlands, Luxembourg, Sweden, and Norway. Ninth is Israel. And then it goes down uh, Austria, Australia, Ireland, Germany, Canada, and finally the United States. Hmm. Well, I would say... Uh, we're 16th. We're 16th. I would say that there's a... I don't know when this is done. Usually the, there's a delay between the time the study's done and the time that, that it's published. But I would say because of the pandemic and everything that's going on, uh, Black Lives Matter, all that nonsense, it's created some... Uh, I'm going to reduce the level of trust substantially among Americans. So I can see why we, we don't rank highly. Do you know how we ranked in the last study? I'm sure they've done this before. I don't, you know, this is just for this year. This is the 2022 edition. So right. I don't know what it was like, say, four years ago or even last year. Yeah. Last year, the whole world was such a mess. Maybe they, maybe they didn't even bother. Maybe they thought oh, the world's a, a disaster, so we'll forget it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. And obviously, the poor African countries, the poor countries, the more corrupt ones, you know, those are sort of consistently at the bottom of the list. Yeah, and those, I would imagine, uh, I would guess, too, those authoritarian countries where people don't have personal rights, individual rights or property rights and so forth, I would imagine they're down at the bottom of the list as well. Usually don't do so well uh, financially either. So uh, I think there's a strong correlation between personal freedom, uh, property rights, and happiness. Oh, I totally agree. I, I totally agree. And... You know, a lot of these little Nordic countries are very homogeneous. Yep. I'm kind of impressed the United States is as high as it is. I mean, we are not a homogeneous country. We're like a band of wild Indians. And, uh, I mean, to get uh, uh, to rank 16th, I think it's pretty remarkable. Yeah, you know, but that's such an interesting point because uh, you're right. I think what homogeneous countries, for example— uh, Sweden, uh, the popular well, they, they've been, they've got a lot of uh, a lot of uh, Muslims there. They've had a r- real lot of immigration, as as Denmark and and other Nordic countries. But that said, I mean, yeah. I think I think the homogeneity, uh, homogeneous societies tend to get along uh, better. I would say in the uh, in the United States, uh, we have the our focus is not necessarily on how homogeneous we are, but in, on the ideas. Uh, in the Constitution. So America's all about an idea. It's all about the city on the hill, isn't it? It's, it's not uh, physical stuff. It's all about uh, the concept of who we are. Yes, yes, I agree. And yes, uh, the Netherlands, Belgium, you know, they all have their own immigration problems. But I think overall, the quality of the individual's life, the, uh, the as you said, the freedoms, you know, that makes for a happy person, makes yeah. for a happy country, I rather think, than an oppressive. You know, you never see Cuba on any list. No, you don't. You never see Haiti on any list. Well, they, they're always good for uh, as a bad example. <laughs> but, yeah. but, you know, I also point out that uh, on uh, surveys that have been done before with metrics about happiness and healthiness, healthy uh, behaviors, uh, right here on the Paradise Coast, out of 196 communities, just a couple of years ago, we were the healthiest and happiest community in the United States. Right here in Collier County, I'm I'm not surprised. Um, I think that that's good news and that's bad news. It's good news that we can live here and enjoy it. Unfortunately, the bad news is so does everybody else, and you know that's why we've got grid gridlock with parking. That's why, you know, there were 570,000 college kids on the beaches of Miami and Fort Lauderdale. It's, you know, everybody wants to go where the gold is, where the sunshine is. That's true. The word is out, isn't it? That people are... I know. And, and I think, quite frankly, the people are staying longer, too. So it's not just like a season is over in like uh, the beginning of May. It, it, t- it tends to go on, as especially if people are... Uh, locked down and uh, masked up and so forth in, in states up uh, up north. 
Well, I agree. And the other thing, talking about traffic, they were saying, well, you know, Major League Baseball is starting, so the traffic is going to be even worse. So I have to switch over to baseball because I read a quote that I want you to comment on. Okay. It says, Major League Baseball players have been more reluctant to take COVID vaccines than their counterparts in any other American professional sports. And why is that significant? Because they won't be allowed to play in Canada against the Toronto Blue Jays. Yeah. Because Canada won't let them. So did you know that they're uh, at least vaccinated sports? I didn't know that. I would. My first knee-jerk reaction. I'm not sure what the policy is in Major League Baseball. Of course, in, in uh, some teams, uh, f- there was a mandate you have to get vaccinated. And uh, some players, for example, the quarterback at uh, Green Bay decided I'm not going to get vaccinated, and didn't. And of course, he's got so much power and influence in, in the NFL. They just kind of said, "Oh well, we wish you would." <laughs> He said, nope, I'm not yeah. doing it. So, uh, But, uh, you know, I think it's with good reason. I think baseball, people should be able to make up their own minds and uh, should be able to, you know, these are the, some of the healthiest people around. And uh, typically speaking, the, the uh, viruses attack people with compromised immune systems. We sh- this should not be an issue for professional sports players. Uh, you know, no, I agree. Um, you know, it's hard hard to tell a guy that's making $180 million uh, over the course of a couple of years. It's hard to tell someone like that what to do. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, and I, I can appreciate that. I just, <clears throat> I thought the pro basketball players would be the most unvaccinated. I, I was surprised that it's baseball. Yeah, no, uh, the, the NBA has really cracked down. They've, they want folks vaccinated. Of course, Kyrie Irving from the Nets, from the uh, New Jersey Nets, or Brooklyn Nets they are now, uh, has not been vaccinated. So he's only playing in away games. He can't play in New York City because of the uh, mandate for vaccines. So <laughs> it's kind of a, a, a curious thing that's going on. But you point out, it's an interesting point that, that you're making because baseball players, in my opinion, they have to go up through the minor leagues. Most of them take years in order to make it to the pros, two, three, four, five years, even the best ones. So uh, basketball players come right out of sometimes one-year college and they end up playing in the pros. Uh, so yeah. I, I think there's a little bit more humility among baseball players. They're more grateful for their positions, and uh, it's just better. I think, as a consequence, I think probably better people, in my opinion. Well, yeah, you know that's a generalization, but we don't, you know, you don't know that. I just thought that they would be more. I don't know. I thought they'd be more willing to get vaccinated, yeah. and you know, and it's even weird talking about vaccination. Because it seems like after this whole issue with Ukraine, everything just sort of dissolved off of the Internet. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Frouchy is, you know, squeaking around a little bit here and there, but you don't hear him anymore. Uh, it's just fascinating how it's it's not a newsworthy item anymore. Yeah, it's just... So, so uh, even when I thought, well, we'll talk about the COVID thing, I thought... Jesus, that weird. Yeah, well, you know, it's, it's the conspicuous absence of COVID. I mean, it, the uh, Ukraine situation created uh, created a nice uh, substitute for uh, changing the scent for uh, away from COVID because of uh, all the news that has come out about that. Boo, I always appreciate your commentary here in the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, my pleasure, Bob. You have a great week. Thank you so much, Boo. All right, coming up, Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less government. We're going to do that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. 
Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me, and he'll help you too. School Choice is a growing movement, one that is already lifting thousands of kids across America and is now supported by three out of four voters. The Optima Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit, was founded to support the establishment and expansion of superior schools of choice. Optima's goal is the successful launch of Hillsdale College, classical academies, and other schools of excellence serving kindergarten through 12th grade. The mission is to train the minds and improve the hearts of young people through content-rich classical education in the liberal arts and sciences with instruction in the principles of moral character and civic virtue. A terrific product of the process, Naples Classical Academy opened this fall in a classical virtual school. Optima Classical Academy will open in 2022. Find out more by visiting OptimaEd.org. Help children in Florida optimize their education opportunities. Visit www.OptimaEd.org. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Golf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best. And you can get tickets now by visiting the website, golfshoreplayhouse.org. We have with us Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, sir. Good morning. Seton, tell us about Less Government. Yeah, we exist in Roots Society, scope and sphere of influence of government, and uh, w- w- there's a lot of people pulling in the opposite direction. It's so true. It's a big market, Seton. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you wrote a great column on the global chip supply. Some pretty alarming information, but uh, you also say that D.C. doesn't have the remedy. Maybe you can tell us about it. Well, we had a possible remedy D.C. did, and they you know, screwed it up because it's D.C. Um, we, we only make 12% of our ships. Uh, of the world's chips, uh, semiconductor chips. They're they're in everything digital. You need them. They're almost as important as food to the modern economy. Trillions of dollars a year of our economy take place using these chips. Right. Trillions and trillions of dollars each year. And we only make 12%. This is another victim of our decades of stupid policy where we overtax and overregulate and then let, you know, work cronyism between government and business to make trade deals that make it very attractive for them to leave here and make it make make these things elsewhere. That's that happened to the, the semiconductor manufacturing uh, sector as well. So now we wake up and only 12% are made here. And so, oh, by the way, a, a lot of them are in Asia, um, China, and surrounding countries. Many of whom China can stomp on in five seconds and and take over if they want. Uh, Taiwan makes I think half the chips, for example, in the world. Right. That's good news. Um, so anyway, just as like another reminder of, of how o- over-leveraged and out of balance we are, Japan, which makes a su- su- sizable percentage of our global chips, had an earthquake. And the semiconductor, a large swath of their semiconductor manufacturing is shut down for at least three weeks. Wow. And it's big enough a percentage to where it's it, it, again, it's like you know we, we take Russia oil off the market. It affects the global market. Well, this affects the global chip market. Sure. And it's just a reminder of what we should do is set up inside out rather than outside in. We should manuf- We are blessed in this country. The, the, the topography and the geography of this country is un, unparalleled on the world. We have two giant oceans on either side of us, that renders stupid, irrelevant, uh, stupid border skirmishes like that between Russia and Ukraine completely irrelevant. Right. If if we didn't have Internet and CNN, we would never know this was happening. Right. It has no bearing on our national security or national interest at all. Plus, 
We've got all sorts of the, the, the different land, uh, different climates and everything in our country. We have tons of oil. We have tons of gas. We have tons of coal. We have huge swaths of land to farm. We, we, could, we could be what we were for many, many decades, which is almost entirely self-sufficient. However, we've and, got people at the helm that aren't making the best decisions. Well, they're, they're selling us out. Right. They're, 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 they're cutting, you know, China owns more than half of D.C., and then the big businesses that want to go to China and use the slave labor and the, and the government subsidies from China go to D.C. And, cut, and D.C. writes really awful trade deals that favor these companies leaving here and going to China and other places. So... So that's going on, um, and of course that happened with the semiconductor business. Well, now we've got DC trying to kickstart, jumpstart domestic chip manufacturing to a, a much larger degree. Uh, their bill, or the Senate bill, was fairly decent. And I'm not talking about the dollar amount because the dollar amount's inconsequential in the grand scheme of things. I think it was 52 billion dollars. We need 520 billion dollars to really. I mean, it costs a lot of money yep. to build all these the infrastructure necessary to become a chip manufacturer of, of substance of, of 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 large numbers. Well, the fifty two billion wasn't the problem. Uh, I mean, you know, yes, hopefully we'll lower taxes and lower regulations too to make it a more attractive place to, to make chips. But what happened was then, of course, the House writes a bill. And the right house did what it did to the infrastructure bill. It junks it up with a bunch of unrelated climate nonsense. Right. And, you know, the, the Senate bill passed with, I think, 19 Republican senators, which means it wasn't great. But it kind of stayed on point, right? It right. kind of stayed within the lane of this is supposed to be a Chinese competitive uh chip manufacturing bill well all the chinese competitiveness stuff was gold was ripped out of the house bill that's unfortunate unfortunate and, and of course you know i wrote about months ago i said the infrastructure bill had more, you know forget build back better the infrastructure bill had more climate money in it than it did infrastructure of course money. yep absolutely and, and that's what's happening with this bill in the name of Kickstarting our chip manufacturing, they've junked it up with more climate money than there is chip money. They can't help themselves. Seaton, we just they just yeah they're 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 victims to their ideology. And again, I, I don't think they're on our side. You hate to say that. Ah, they're just pure evil. That's exactly what they are. It's a, there's but I no... mean, there's no other. You know, none of this makes sense until you go. You know what? They're actually against us. I know. And once you realize they're actually against us, all the stuff they're doing, you know, makes sense. Oh, oh, uh, I think Biden's that way. I think most of the Democrats are this way. No question. Um, that's why Tulsi Gabbard is persona non grata. She actually doesn't mind this country very much. So she's <laughs> excommunicated from the Democrat Party. It's so true. Um, so anyway, so that's, that's what's going on. And now, you know, they've got to reconcile this thing, right, between the House and the Senate versions. Yep. Well, they're so completely far off from one another. It's it's once again because of their ideological idiocy, nothing's going to get done again. Yeah. Because the you know, I hate to use the word the words more rational, but the more rational Senate is so far removed from the completely irrational House. There's no way to reconcile this, so they, they each pass their own version, and then the, and then the versions die, and nothing ever happens with either one of them. That's right. Seat Motley, again, the founder and president of Less Government. I encourage you to visit lessgovernment.org. You can also visit Less Government on uh, Facebook. Seat, I always appreciate these uh, co the, your commentary, especially. This is such an important issue. Thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure, indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Linda Harden. She's my wife. She also is extremely knowledgeable and informed about what's happening around the globe. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. 
you have questions about your retirement, Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Blue Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit blueprovencenaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's blueprovencenaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We have with us Linda Harden. Linda, of course, is my wife. She also is extremely well-informed of what she writes, uh, Greetings from Paradise. She also is an avid communicator on social media and uh, has is up-to-date on what's going on. Linda, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. Good morning to you. Hey, I want to start off by uh, we watched Vince Ellison being interviewed by Tucker Carlson yesterday. That was one of the best. Inter- by the way, this is on. This is streamed on uh, Fox, Nation. Fox Nation, and it was just fantastic. Well, appreciate if you'd make some comments on your thoughts well, we on it. we got to watch it again because, you know what, it, it, this guy is so knowledgeable and, and so... Um, motivated to get the truth out. I mean, one of the great takeaways I got was um, you just have to speak the truth, and the truth wins out. Yeah. And which, um, before we went on, you asked me what was on my mind, and I, I'm just so annoyed with the mainstream media and, and, and even the cable media, Fox News. I had to turn it off this morning because guess what they won't cover? This Hunter Biden laptop, the fact that the President of the United States is compromised. Yeah. And they they won't they won't they won't cover it. You know, you you bring up a good point because it, I, I do wonder in the back of my mind, do everything that's happening in Ukraine and China and Iran, all around the world, all the the compromised uh, positions that uh, the president of the United States has found himself in right now. And how much of the decision-making is being influenced by the millions that have been siphoned off by uh, Hunter Biden and all these uh, deals? Yeah, and, and, and they won't talk about it. And, mm-hmm. and you know, they, they said a couple of days ago, well, we were the first to cover it. No, you weren't. No, mm-hmm. you weren't. Um, uh, Twitter silenced everybody yeah. uh, when, when this story came out. And it is so despicable. It needs to be front page everywhere and the media is just trying to silence it yeah. i'm so annoyed with fox and friends this morning i had to turn it off oh. i ended up turning it to um real america's voice which is a streaming uh website i mean maria maria bartiroma on fox business you know mentioned it. at least she's got her foot in the door with this but it is so despicable that these people just yeah. just won't cover it well i mean the uh, uh, is it miranda devine she she right. was the writer for the new york post and wrote the column initially in the new well, york post right the column right. A- and then uh she also there was the bobolinsky interview that was done i think that was on fox not sure it was tucker carlson you Tuck- did it on on um on fox and and i don't know you know they say that um i was reading on social media this morning this Jack Maxey, who's who's vowed to come out with all of this to just blow everything wide open, um, is saying is saying where where are these people to cover it? Where you know they've shut us down for a year because it's been Russian disinformation and all these security people that 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 uh, doubled down on it. 
even James Clapper's now, well, I, you know, I stand by what I knew at the time. Really? Yeah. So here's, here's the question I have for you. Why now? Why, for example, is the New York Times start, starting to say, oh, we made a mistake. The laptop is real. It's not Russia disinformation. Why are they doing this now? I, it just makes me wonder if perhaps they're not getting ready to throw Biden under the bus. Well, it can't happen too soon. And, and the other thing about this, this war in, in uh, Ukraine, they are doing everything. Everything, just like they did when when Trump was um, fighting tooth and nail against it, they are trying to put everything on Russia. Yet, yet we're compromised by by Russia. Mm-hmm. We're compromised by China, mm-hmm. and and the media is complicit in all of it. it makes it, it's very concerning. I mean, there's no question that uh, uh, Putin is a bad guy, but that doesn't make necessarily. Uh, uh, Z- Zelensky, a good guy. I mean, I think he's got his warts, his warts and pimples. We should just be very careful. You know, this it's beginning to feel like we it, it, the situation when we got involved in Iraq and the first war in Iraq, uh, and the uh, whole notion of uh, uh, the uh, weapons of mass destruction. We're starting to do this rally around false information that, again, like we did uh, during the war for Iraq. Which brings right. us back to that uh, that interview that Tucker Carlson do, did of that Vince Ellison last night. I mean, he he really threw the Democrats under the bus. I mean, he called them evil. They're, I mean, what el- what other word did he use? I don't even remember. But it was he was so he threw Martin L- Luther King under the bus. All right, just a, a little context. I mean, uh, Vince Ellison is the son of a sharecropper. His dad was uh, and mom were uh, slaves. And uh, he tells his life story. He grew up on a cotton plantation. He grew grew up on a cotton plantation, sharecropper. And he he tells his story about his life, and he tells his story about how he sees the world uh, based on his convictions and his uh, Christian religion. And uh, to me, it is so compelling. Just everything that he talked about was just so incredibly informative and interesting. I can't uh, emphasize enough the importance for anybody who's listening to this interview right now to take a look at uh, Tucker Carlson today on Fox Nation and watch the Vince Ellison interview. It is extremely informative. Well, and he's come out with this book called 25 Lies. I don't remember the whole title, but I ordered it just because I'm going to try and help him out because... Um, he's that good. Yeah. I, I just want him, to, and by the way, it is a bestseller, but um, 25 Lies About the Democrat Party yeah. and how the Democrat Party, and we've heard this before, about how the Democrat Party um, has talked about enslaved. They've enslaved the black community for years by telling them what they need to do because they can't have freedom unless the Democrat Party says so. Right, and of course the Democrats, uh, I think we can see this by inductive reasoning, just taking a look at history and what's happened is that uh, all these communities that have uh, leaders from the Democrat Party, they have not seen black people flourish under their leadership. In fact, uh, uh, the, the, the biggest advance for black people, I could think, in modern history has been under uh, Trump with, uh, the, with the economy. And, you know, he's... He, uh, Tucker Carlson asked him, "Well, why why are these uh, people like uh, James Clyburn still in office? Who James Clyburn was the one who kind of ushered Joe Biden into the presidency by endorsing him. Right. And he's in he's in a, a Southern community. Um, and and Tucker Carlson. Says, so why is why is he so um, prevalent? And and Vince Ellison said, well, because the Republicans won't go down there and challenge him." Because he's got all this money behind him, and somebody needs to promote um, a Republican to go down there and and challenge him, and that's exactly that's exactly right. He did make a comment that was so interesting. He said the reason why uh, why our communities, and he's talking about the black communities, uh, don't have this information is because Republicans never show up. They just they. Uh, they're not reaching out to black communities the way Democrats do, and uh, therefore they're not informed. The black communities are not informed about what's really going on with the Democrat Party and why things are happening the way they are. The other thing that was good last night before um, we leave is uh, Tucker Carlson's interview of Kid Rock last night, which was great. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, Kid Rock is a conservative. He's a friend of Trump. He's 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 just great. And a couple of things that really stood out to me was the fact that he says there are so many people in the music world that are that are pro-Trump pro-conservative but they're so afraid to say so because they're gonna their careers will will be demonized how what a sad state of affairs we live in that that is censorship 
It, it is so Time's true. Time. And of course, uh, uh, Kid Rock is so refreshing because he says, I'm beholden to no one. So I do whatever I want to do. And he's right because he's not uh, beholden to a record uh, uh, label. He's not beholden to anybody who's loaned him money. He's just out there doing what he does. And you know what? The guy works hard. I was so impressed with that interview. Well, and, and, and what he said, too, was, was that he's devoted to his fans. I mean, the, that he remember the comment he made about his fans and, and um, uh, that, that what they think and, and, and how they feel about that is really important to yeah, him. Yeah, he, he said, you know, when, whenever he makes a ticket price, he always takes a look at who his, his fans are. And he says they're hardworking people. And he says, I want to make sure that anybody who comes to my concert can afford the ticket. So Yeah, you know, that, that, was, that was just so great. An evening of television last night. I felt, with Vince Ellison, I felt like I had, I'd heard the best sermon I've heard in years. That's yeah, no question about it. Linda, I always appreciate your commentary here on the show. You're uh, welcome. It, time goes by too quickly. Oh, well, let's yeah. talk about that off air. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. Well, that's a wrap here on today's show. I do want to remind you that uh, we have coming up uh, a good friend of the show, uh, Bernadette LaPaglia, uh, is with uh, Hodges Funeral Home, and they're having a special uh, Your Life, Your Legacy seminar. It's coming up 2.30 p.m. on March the 24th, and you can get more information by calling, you can send an email at marketingdirector at naplesvillage.com, uh, naplesgreenvillage.com, na- marketingdirector at naplesgreenvillage.com, or calling 307-0366, 307-0366. I hope you'll tune in tomorrow. I always appreciate your comments on the show. You can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com, bobharden at hotmail.com. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. Listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com. <laughs> <laughs>